1: a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. What can I say about Katie Allen? About 10 days ago, she was a non-hunter. Today, she's a hunter. She's in the food locavore... I guess, gastro movement. She's got a large following, 80,000 people, 90,000 people, a community that's made up of probably 80% non-hunters, probably vegans, probably vegetarians. She is exactly the kind of person we want in our tribe. And exactly the type of person that needs to communicate exactly what she felt when she took life for the first time. And that's what she did publicly on her Instagram. And so I reached out
2: and I said, I'd love to learn more about your story.
1: So enjoy. So I, you know, I have to compliment you right off the bat. It's a great way Aust- to start. <laughs> Australian, then South African, you, you got it right. It's amazing how many people get it wrong. Um, but um, Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for getting the accent right.
3: My pleasure. (laughs) I love your hat, by the way.
1: Oh, so this hat, this is a brand new hat I just got. I got it from Eagles and Angels. Those of you that are listening to this, go to Eagles and Angels. So what Eagles and Angels do is they reach out to certain veterans and they get their uniform and they cut patches. So you see behind this American, this is a leather patch. Behind it, there's a piece of camo.
3: That's so cool. And that's from a Vats uniform?
1: Mm-hmm. And here's what? the coolest part about it. I get goosebumps because I love, I love connections crazy. and storytelling cool. and stuff. Yeah. This batch comes from a lady called Mandy Thomas. And if you go to the very last episode that we just released in Blood Origins, we released Mandy Thomas's episode about going from a non-hunter like you <laughs> to being a hunter.
3: That's crazy. And I swear, That's... I did not even set that up for you. I just genuinely like the hot, But that was a good segue.
1: <laughs> that was an amazing segue, man. We're like on this wavelength. We you are. called me <laughs> South African. <That's> not... <laughs> this is like amazingness, amazingness. Katie Allen, um, not someone that is probably familiar with the Blood Origins project, or the Blood Origins brand, or even the hunting community, yet here you are. Yes. On the Blood Origins podcast. Yes. So why don't you just give everyone a just little introduction to who Katie Allen is?
3: Uh, Okay, where do I even begin? Uh, I am a mother of three boys, and a wife of one boy. And I am, I don't, I hate when people ask me what I do, because I don't even really have a good word to call it um but I have a food blog
2: called Savoring
3: the Flavoring um and that's also my you know the corresponding Instagram account and I do kind of I don't like to like pigeonhole myself into one category of cooking or one style of anything at all but kind of it basically just follows how I feed my family in a, in a kind of relatively healthfully way. And I'm, I'm really big on ingredients and high quality ingredients and knowing where they come from, really mm. big on, you know, local food and our local food.: Would you call farmers. yourself
1: a locavore?
3: Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that's, that'll be my job title from now on is a locavore.
1: And i you just say Locavore tagged by Blood Origins.
3: Yes, the CEO of Locavore and I will give you credit.
1: <laughs> so Locavore is obviously so you know, most of your foods you try and source them locally or around the area. You're from Georgia, seasonal fruits, seasonal vegetables, that kind of stuff?
3: Yes, yes, yes. I um I'm I I'm kind of I'm originally from Texas, moved to Georgia when I was a teenager. Then, right out of college, moved to California, um, and then met my husband there, had all my kids there uh, in Southern California. So, over there, it's very, very easy to find all kinds of great stuff year round at farmers markets. Um, obviously, a lot of agriculture happens there. And so, when we moved back to Georgia, it became a little bit more of a challenge to, mm-hmm. especially in rural Georgia like mm-hmm. we are. Um, it's just more of a challenge. So it's it. That's kind of where I started with the the uh, blog and the Instagram account is just kind of making that transition and how I was doing things in a way where I was still feeding my family the way that I wanted to, mm-hmm. no matter where you are, because most of us don't live in Southern California. Where sure, sure. you know, you just have access to all of that year round.
1: Yeah. So let me ask this. Does your husband hunt? No. My what?
3: I yeah. Uh my, Holy my smokes.
1: Husband, I need to speak to your husband.
3: I know. I can bring him in here. Um, my husband is from New York. Okay. And it's just not a big thing up there, at least not where he's from. And mm-hmm. uh And I did not grow up around hunting at all. I have no relatives who hunt. I mean, you know, I'm assuming pretty far back they did. But uh, modern day, I do not. I just didn't grow up around it at all. Mm -hmm. Never even dated a guy who hunted. Wow. Um, So, but that's fun. Interesting.
1: And the reason I say wow to your husband is that the hardest thing to find in my circles Cause we like perspectives. Like we like people like your husband and like you to provide their perspectives. Cause it's typically unbiased. It's typically mm. very authentic. Yes. And it's very difficult to find, find a white male that doesn't hunt.
2: Really? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And now, especially now that it will, you know, allude to the story. Now that his wife has hunted.
3: Yes. And he, he makes jokes about it. Um, when I got my first year, which was just, uh, eight days ago, Mm -hmm. um, he, you know, he, he kept texting me. I didn't have my phone on me. And when I finally got to it, I saw that he was like, well, did you get anything? And, and so I just sent him the picture of me with the deer and he, we're on a text thread with his, 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 siblings and you know brother-in-law and all of that so he sent a picture to them of me with the deer and then right after that he sent a picture to them of him doing the dishes (laughs) because he was at home with the with our with our sons and he was like yeah she's out you know hunting and I'm just here doing you know doing the dishes and the laundry she never takes me anywhere nice like just kind of you know playing poking fun at the the reversals, the the role reversal, because he is he is very, he's very like you know, Mister masculine guy and um very, Mister like you know. Do you think
1: he's interested now? Do you think it's it's his interest has been piqued because so you did it?
3: I do. Um, he's just never had that that interest. He didn't grow up with with a father who. Was, you know, taking him to do this stuff. Like I said, it's not that big where he's from. Um, so he just never got into it. Uh, but, you know, he's capable. He's athletic. He's all those things. He could do it. He loves shooting. Um, but he just has never really, mm-hmm. he's like, I could just, why do I need to do that? I'm the one who does all the cooking. So he's just mm-hmm. not really interested in it in any way. But when I did it and I kind of came home and he saw all the meat and I told him, you know, this is what all we did. Um, he like, "You know what? I actually, you, you're kind of inspiring me a little bit to to go out and try it." Wow. He's, he was he wow. was really really proud. You're
1: growing you're growing your own tribe.
3: Yeah, and that's that's. And that's what about my your goal. boys?
1: What about your boys? How old are your boys, by the way?
3: My boys are. This is crazy. My boys are. My oldest is 13, so a newly minted teenager. So that's been fun. Um, and then uh, almost 11. And then my little one is nine and a half.
1: Do they have they shot guns? shotguns?
3: They've never shot guns. Um,
1: so dad they, has never taken them shooting.
3: No, they, uh, they've shot a BB gun. So okay. we'll take them out, you know, in the backyard. Cause we've got mm-hmm. a, like a, some land and we'll let them kind of shoot the BB gun at the target. They love that. They think that's awesome. But my my middle son is just a huge animal lover, which I try to explain to him. You can be both. You you can still love animals, and um, but he's just not there yet. And um, and I always tell him, "Where do you think that steak comes from that you love so much? Where do you think these burgers are coming from?" Um, and my oldest, he, I think, he says he he might want to go someday. I think he'd be more interested in the processing part. He's very into like science and 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 all that kind of stuff. And then my little one is my little, my little firecracker. Yeah, my little firecracker. That's the best word.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um. So let's let's do this because obviously I'm intrigued. We've 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 piqued the interest of the viewers that you, Katie Allen, were a non-hunter. You have now become a hunter. You took a deer for the first time eight days ago. Yeah. um,
2: so
3: does this mean I'm officially a hunter if i have so I...
1: there's so t- there's there's two trains of thought to that okay. in my perspective you are you have crossed the and here's here to me is the distinguishing characteristic and then i'll I'll follow on with a second okay you have decided and you have spanned the chasm and I call it a chasm very purposely between life and death mm. you were the instrument of in that hundredth of a second, as you put your finger on the trigger, you made the decision that you were going to take life. Yes. And it's a big, big deal.
2: A yeah, huge deal.
1: And to me, that constitutes you being a hunter. Somebody that we just took literally in the same time span you went, we were in Starkville, she took her first doe too. Really? Lisa has a different mindset to hunting. Lisa was very much like I don't consider myself a hunter. I consider myself to have hunted.
2: Okay. But I'm
1: not a hunter yet because to me a hunter is is almost a lifestyle connotation. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure on someone, right? Yeah. Um, but that's the that's the way that Lisa wanted to couch it and but to me if you have gone out and you have hunted I.e., you have pursued an animal, you have chased an animal. There is an inherent, maybe we're going to get it, maybe we're not, kind of failure to it. Yeah, yeah. Then you've hunted, and you're a hunter.
3: I'm going with that, with that one, with that, <laughs> with that definition of hunter, because I, I think the, the one thing is I never want to, to kind of encroach upon. The territory of the men who have been doing this for, or the, or the women who have been doing this for, you know, their whole lives. So I never want to come off as,
2: you know.
1: Of course. You I don't want, want to be know, You
3: course. know, like even though you've been doing but this. But you are.
1: You are a part of this tribe. But I think you're approaching it the way that you're approaching it, like.
3: Respectfully. I,
1: I don't know anything. Like yeah. I just pulled the trigger, I know nothing. Yeah, um, I think that everyone will take that with with the respect that it with it that it deserves. Um, all right, so let me backpedal a little bit. Okay. Before I want to understand a couple of things. I want to understand number one. If you had to rewind a year ago, a year ago was hunting even a mindset, a thought.
3: So it's actually it was actually right around this time a year ago that this kind of started so
1: I want to know before have, you started thinking about hunting I, started, I want to know what your perception was of hunting
3: okay so like I said I grew up in in Houston Texas like that's where I was born um and there even at least in Houston I know there are other place areas in Texas where hunting is bigger and maybe again it's just that I didn't grow up in a hunting family so it wasn't on my radar Mm -hmm. but um it 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 just wasn't in my life so i think the first time i really
1: did you have a perception because a lot of people say i just didn't think of it and if i had to press you was it negative was it positive or was it just indifferent
3: so one thing about me is i'm not a very i'm not a very judgmental person and I I'm I'm pretty like open to everything because I think I don't ever want you know a few years down the road if I change my mind about something I don't ever want someone to be able to come back and go ha so um I I don't think I ever really thought of it as bad or good I I, I just once I moved to Georgia that's probably as a teenager that's really the first time it entered my consciousness to be honest and I just kind of thought you know it's it's a certain type of person who goes hunting and it's going to be a dude and it's going to be they're going to be very southern and they're going out there and I probably thought like they're out there drinking beer and you know they have dip in their mouth and mm-hmm. and you know they're spitting and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff so I, i'm you know i guess i probably did have a stereotype in my mind of who hunters were um, but I didn't think, oh, they are horrible people because they're
2: okay you know, sure I, enough. I just
3: thought this is they enjoy doing us, and they do it for food and And I remember in college, some guys who who were hunters would kind of you know make some of it sometimes on the grill, didn't know what they were doing in terms of cooking it, right. but um, so that was kind of my first introduction uh to- so a year
1: ago today.
3: So something okay.
1: happened. Something happened that caused you that we were like, hmm.
3: So a, uh probably a couple years ago, right around this time, um cuz this is obviously the season. Uh one of my best friends, her husband is has been hunting his whole life. And he had gotten a doe and so, you know, he brought it back and obviously they do all the processing there at their house. They have all the stuff, that, you know, that they need. And he obviously has the know-how. He's been doing this his whole life. So we just happened to be over there. Or I think actually she said, we're, you know, we're processing this deer today because we were going over there for something else. And I said, oh, I, I'm obviously big into food. I was like, I would love to help. So we went over there. This is a couple years ago. And we spent the entire afternoon together in the kitchen with like Prosecco in one hand and, and these really sharp knives on the other. And we just were processing this, this deer mm-hmm. and he's, you know, Ryan's showing John, my husband and I, this is what you do and you got to cut this off and then we're going to do this. And it was just, I just thought it was so interesting and so right. cool. And so, you know, for, that was maybe like the seed that was planted a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And and then it's kind of been like little little baby steps like that. So then around this time last year, I, I don't know what it was. I don't think it was any one thing in particular. I think I just kind of felt this urge like pulling at me to learn more about it. Yeah, and and I think I'm so big on knowing where my food is coming from and knowing mm-hmm. how. I, I know there's that old saying, "No one likes to see the sausage get made," but I'm the opposite of that. I want to know. Do y'all have that saying in South Africa? Have you ever heard yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: yeah, yeah.
3: Um, I want to know everything. It's in... like we live
1: in a foreign, like third world country. Come on, <laughs> under
3: a rock. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have spent the last few years of my like career, as you would say, um, doing a lot of, I have a lot of relationships with different producers, ranchers, farmers, growers. Um, and so I've, my favorite part has always been going to the facilities, going to the ranches, to the farms, and just seeing all of it. And I think that that is probably the foundation of what has kind of like created this this need and desire to to explore all of that even further and just first of all falling in love with venison from my friend and and her husband who you know process it all and and then going okay well
2: you, you can't can get just
3: it go yourself. and buy venison so if wow. I want venison I'm gonna have to do it myself because my dad's not gonna do it. He doesn't hunt. My husband's not going to do it. He doesn't hunt. It's got to be me. So, that's, I think where that, came from. And I I bought a book online about hunting whitetail and.
1: What did you buy? What to? Uh, what book did you buy? Do You know.
3: I don't. It's in the other room. I could go don't get it. do No, worry
1: about it. No, no. It was yeah. just <laughs> cute. It was just I can cute.
3: give it to you, and you can put it in the notes.
1: Nah, don't worry about no? it. No. Okay. Mm-mm. So, let's so fast forward. You did everything. You came into the season. So, was it your friend's husband that took you?
3: So, okay. So, I I got the book and then I decided I'm going to do this. And but I really wanted deer, so obviously this was like December of yep. last year. Um I obviously didn't have my license yet. So, um Ryan, who's my friend's husband, he I had told them because I happened to see them right before the start of this new year. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be a hunter. I'm going to go hunting. And they were so encouraging. And so on the second day of January, after everyone was back home from like the different Christmas vacations, uh, I went with Ryan and my friend to their property that they hunt on. And I was just kind of an observer to see if I would like it. and we didn't get anything that day, but I think it was maybe the last day he hunted for the season, he ended up getting a doe and I came over and it was really cold so they could hang it for a couple of days. And I came over and he was like, he showed me exactly how to skin it, how to quarter it. And so I, that was like another little baby step mm-hmm. to see kind of, okay, do I still like this? Cause that was the first time I had seen a deer like that. Right, and
1: it didn't freak you out.
3: It didn't freak me out. It was I definitely felt emotions about it because yep. I had never seen that before. I've I've seen living deer a million times, but being that close to this animal and kind of looking at all the different parts. But in terms of opening it up, it didn't freak me out at all. I I enjoy sounds that sounds psychotic. I I enjoy seeing it all, you know, and and, right. and knowing that I can do that. So, so then from there in February, I got my license and, and then I just sat there and waited for a month for the season to start. So,
1: so you went out. So was this, so who took you? I want to just give us sort of a, a recount of okay. the hunt. So, Did you have multiple hunts before this hunt? Or no, was this the first this,
3: time? This was my very first licensed hunt. So I have three boys, as I said, so, and I'm, I'm at home with them. So it's been the craziest fall ever. And so I was kind of sitting here a little bit anxious because I was thinking, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go. What am I going to do? And then the other catch is, and I don't think men run into this as much, and I wish there were more things and maybe there are, and I just don't know about them um that would kind of help in this area but as a woman i felt like i'm kind of in a in a weird spot because you know men that do this they've been doing it their whole lives for the most mm-hmm, part mm-hmm. they have their buddies that they go with they mm-hmm. have their their traditions that they do they look forward to this all year all year long and you know they like to go and be men and like do all their dude things and and i didn't really feel like especially you know a lot of these guys are married I, it was just it's a weird dynamic to go hey right. guys can i go with you too, you know on your hunt sure
1: you know, don't mind i can understand me. that you're
3: going to have to tell me exactly what to do and it's going to completely ruin your vibe but it, it i can I, tell it's,
1: you this though. I can tell you this that a lot of people a lot of guys my age, our age, um, are would would actually relish that more. Yeah. To take someone. someone, if someone, do? yeah, if someone said, "I want to go hunting," there's just you'll get this. You'll get this one day. But there's something about the taking someone hunting. Yeah. And seeing them do it for the first time. Yeah. Like I get goosebumps just talking about it.
3: I can i can I can imagine that. I mean, it's the same thing I feel about once I get good enough to be the teacher rather mm-hmm. than the student, I can totally see i can, I can't wait to take hopefully at least one of my sons and or even my husband and and watch them do it because so this is a segue into actually who took me, but i my chiropractor. It's, he's my chiropractor. And then his wife runs the kind of like the office, like the front desk. And I had told them somehow it had come up when I was there at one point, oh, you know, I got my hunting license and I'm really excited. I didn't even know he hunted, didn't Mm -hmm. know at all. And he said, oh, I, I've been hunting my whole life and what are you going to hunt? Blah, blah, blah and immediately it kind of like sparked something. And I'm like, so every time I would go in after that, cause I go in once a month and take all my boys too. Um, he would say, so have you been on a hunt? Are you ready to hunt? And of course, every time I was like, no, I haven't, I, I don't know when I'm going to go. I haven't figured it out. I don't want to like put anyone out. And so he had said at one point, well, I'll tell you what, once I get my first one this season, then if you want to come on on." My land and hunt I'll take you I'll be happy to and I said oh that would be great so of course I didn't ask because I I still felt badly um and then about a week prior to the hunt his wife reached out and said hey have you been yet because if not Rob would love to take you so I said hell yes so it was planned and I was so excited and I was so nervous. And I, I already had like my hunting outfit already to go and everything. And, you know, he gave me like, you need to do this, you need to do that. Don't mm-hmm. put on any fragrance, wash mm-hmm. your stuff and like, you know, fragrance free stuff and then put it outside. What kind of smells like the outside? Don't put on any, like, wash your hair with just water. Don't do it, like, just telling me everything to do. And I told him, because a couple times he would start to tell me something when I first got there, um, but then he would go, sorry, if you already know this, you know, I don't, and I said, I'm going to stop you right here. I don't know anything. So,
2: sure, sure. That's great. I'm
3: learning all of this for the first time. So just assume that I know none of this and don't ever feel badly about telling me, no matter how basic, because chances are, I probably don't know. So. I, I, it was, it was the perfect scenario because it was on his land, so he knows it so well. He's got trail cams out there, and so he knows, you know, the goings on
2: mm-hmm. in his,
3: in his woods. So he had set up a. We, we hiked in to or up to the ridge where he had already set up the blind mm-hmm. um, at like three thirty in the afternoon, and he, you know, he was telling me. Okay, before we, before we went out, he was like, okay, go ahead and, you know, put your cartridge in and go ahead and take your safety off and do this and do that. Like he told me at every point, now you want to do this, now you want to do that. And that was just invaluable to sure, have that. It made me feel so much more comfortable and so much safer mm-hmm. than I would have felt if I were just kind of going mm-hmm. in blind. No so you time. sat in
1: the blind and... You saw a lot of deer? You just saw one deer?
3: We sat in the blind and based off of my experience with the the first time I had gone to observe in, you know, in January, I was expecting to be sitting there for a long time before we saw anything. And we were probably only sitting there for like 30, 45 minutes before um, the first doe came in from the right. And he had told me, you know, I already had everything all, like my rifle was already through the little hole, like the peekaboo hole on the front. And, but I was kind of, you know, like sitting back a little bit. And so when the first one came in, he was like, oh, you know, you want to look for horizontal lines and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't see it for a minute. I was like, where, where? And, and then finally I saw her and he had told me, they're probably gonna stop right there in front of that tree. And I thought, okay, well, what are the odds they would stop right there? Um, but he said there were like mushrooms growing there or something that they liked to to nibble on. So that's why he had positioned the blind where he had.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And again, the fact that it was his land that he had those those trail cams out, and that, you know, he knew kind of like their patterns, that was huge in terms of actually being able to see of and yeah, but, yeah,
1: of course yeah yeah
3: um so
1: once you saw that deer for the first time did you feel any different than what you typically if you saw like a deer on the side of the road driving by
3: i am glad you asked that question because it was crazy to me i where we live we're on like 3 acres so not huge but definitely big enough to where, and where we back up to a horse farm so okay. we have deer walking through our yard every single day for the most part and i love watching them and i and i always do it's and it's it's not anything novel at this point it's i see it all the time
2: mm-hmm. so
3: i wasn't expecting when i saw a deer in in this capacity I know it is a different capacity but because it's kind of like you know the the prize that you're seeking but it was it was surprising to me how how different my body felt and like the reaction that I had emotionally to seeing this animal that I'm so used to seeing every day
1: Why do you think your body reacted differently?
3: I mean I can only imagine that it like I said, that it's because I was actually like, this is probably a lot of different things. Number one, this is like the thing that I am actively seeking. This is the thing I'm here for. But I think on top of that, knowing that I was possibly about to take his life, and I have never done that before. and, And so that made me feel a lot of different things. -hmm. And and I'm not a particularly emotional woman, so it was interesting too to sit there and feel all of these different emotions, just like running through my entire body and my brain, and and you know being on the verge of tears, and then also being really really excited, and like feeling just like my body was like shaking, and
1: adrenaline just pumping through my body. It
3: felt like. Like, I think I wrote this, like that every cell in my body was lit up.
1: Mm-hmm. So what we call that, what I like to call that, is you recognizing that when you were drinking coffee in your kitchen and watching deer go by, you were observing those deer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you saw that deer in the blind, you were participating in this cycle of life that we are so disconnected away from. And that's why your cells were just like, holy smokes, I'm about to be part of this thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's interesting that you said disconnected from because that's, I think that's another, I have felt up to this point, much more connected to my food than the average American, at least. Um, but even at the level that I operate at with my food, there, it didn't. It, it doesn't even come,
1: come close right. to this. So that dough that stepped out, that was the dough that you took.
3: So I, I believe that ultimately was the one.
1: But there were uh, a couple more that came out.
3: Yeah, she came out first, and then another one came out right behind her. You know, they're typically they're not alone, and. But she's the one who, they didn't ever change, um, you know, position. Like, she was Mm -hmm. always the one who was in front. So Mm -hmm. I am relatively certain that that first one is the one Mm -hmm. that I ended up taking. So she came in. She stopped to kind of nibble. Well, so when she first was coming in, and she was over to the, you know, head to the right a little bit still. And so I'm sitting there watching and he said, Rob said, okay, obviously we're whispering all of this. He said, okay, you need to, you know, get in position and just like get, get to where you could see in your scope just to see, you know, mm-hmm. how it looks, if what shot you would take. He was like, don't worry mm-hmm. about taking a shot.
2: Mm-hmm. You're just
3: watching. You're just kind of looking to see right now. And he was like, and you don't even have to take a shot at all. If you don't feel comfortable, you can just watch them if you want. It's completely up to you. So he was great and took all the pressure off. But you know he would kind of. So I, I was I was kind of sitting back like this, holding onto my rifle. But then I had to kind of get up to to be able. Because here, here's another hitch in this up is I am right here We don't.
1: By the way, we don't say that in South Africa.
3: Okay. <laughs> well, we do here. Um, I am right-handed and left eye dominant. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah. So, I'm gonna have to learn how to shoot left-handed. Um, but he had said, you know, for now, don't worry about it. Just for now, just kind of do what you're comfortable with. So, not only do I have to kind of sit up, but I also kind of have to like, you know, <laughs> like kind of
1: yeah, get your eye over. Yeah. Yep.
3: So, um. So I'm trying to do all of this in like a really slow, fluid motion because this deer seems like she's looking right at me,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, and she was doing the little like kind of like psych out, like fake drop in her head, like she was going to eat, and then looking right back up, and and so he would kind of go freeze. Okay, now you can move again. Freeze. Okay, now you can move again. So it was, it was, it was also kind of like me sitting there worrying that at any moment I was just going to move too much and she was going to see me in bold. So it was, it was, it was a lot to, a lot to think about. And it was just really, really cool to be, to feel like I was hunting this animal and I had to do all of these things to make sure I didn't spoil it. And so she eventually felt I guess, okay, again, and walked through. And that's when she stopped kind of 50 yards directly ahead. And, and then the other one came through and stopped, you know, just behind her and they were kind of eating. And, and I had a perfect shot for a while. And I didn't know how long they were going to stay there. But, you know, I'm just like sitting there looking through the scope. And then I, it must not have been the the barrel must not have been sticking that far out of the hole. And I was so busy looking in the scope that I didn't realize that it was kind of, kind of inching back into the blind. And it kind of just went like that and made just the slightest little noise and motion um, with my rifle kind of falling back into the blind. And so they both looked up and I was like, damn it. Like, I know this is going to be it. And I just kind of froze. And... They went back to eating. So I was like, okay. So I had to kind of slowly put the rifle back in there. And I just, it felt like it was 30 minutes that I was sitting there watching them, but I'm sure it was like two. And so I just kept sitting there looking through my scope, looking at this perfect shot that I had like burned into my mind from all the books and the diagrams that yeah. I had looked at. Like, oh my God, this is exactly what it is. It's perfectly broadside. Like, she's right there. I could get it right there and and I just was I didn't have the gumption. I was just chickening out. and and I, I you know, I was feeling all the emotions, and
2: sure, of course. oh. my God,
3: this is so final, and she's so beautiful, and like she's you know, she's trusting me right now to not do this by standing there, you know, being vulnerable, like eating, and just all of these different things running through my mind. And then when I kind of I kind of finally was like, okay. This is to bring home meat. If I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to do that. So as soon as I got the nerve up, the second one came in and, you know, she's standing here. The second one's standing there. Mm. And I didn't have a shot anymore because I would have hit, you know, I would have just probably injured one of them. Yeah. Um, So then I had to kind of wait until they parted again. And as soon as they parted again, I, I felt like, okay. I've got to, if I can have it, if I have my shot, I've got to take it because they're going to leave. And I, I, I sat there, I was looking in my scope and I was saying to Rob, did I take it? Should I take it? And I don't know if he wasn't hearing me, but I kept saying, should I take it? Should I take it? Kind of waiting for him to tell me, yes, do it. And he said, if you want to take it, take it. So as soon as I heard those words, I pulled the trigger and this is another funny thing i got this rifle my husband bought me this rifle for my birthday in february and we could not find ammo for it so i didn't get ammo for this gun until friday and this hunt was on sunday mm-hmm. and so i had never shot this rifle and like my my friend's husband went and sighted it in for me because I couldn't, I couldn't get, he was going hunting anyway, and I couldn't be there. So I had never shot this rifle. And so I didn't even know what it was going to sound like. I didn't know. I'd shot other guns and, and rifles, but not this one. So there was just so much in my mind, like, what's going to happen when I pull this trigger? And and I think when I pulled it, I I must have closed my eyes. And
1: it's just natural when the first time you shoot something.
3: Yeah. I, I, that's good to hear. <laughs> At least I don't feel like a total, a total novice. Well, I am, but, um, and I just remember hearing cause you know, when you're not seeing anything, it's like the hearing takes over. And I remember hearing like scrambling through the woods mm-hmm. and, and I remember thinking, Oh, that wasn't as loud as I thought it was going to be. And, and I was expecting because I heard the scrambling and because I've never done this before, I thought, huh, well, I missed and, but that's okay. That was really cool anyway. And, and then when I opened my eyes, I, I saw, and this is probably just like a second of this, but I saw legs going like that mm-hmm. up in the air. And then just as quickly as I'd seen that, it just slumps it. Done. Yeah. And I looked at Rob and I burst into tears and he he's sitting there kind of like laughing and like got this huge grin on his face and he was like patting me on the back like you did it you did it. And and it just kind of, you know, everything was catching up. Like my my instinct, my instinctual reaction was just I don't even it was part sadness, I'm sure with the tears, but then also just part like relief and
2: Mm
3: -hmm. just disbelief Mm -hmm. and pride and and a rush of adrenaline and emotion and again I'm not a super emotional person I probably tend to stuff that stuff down so to just kind of let it all out was a different feeling
1: Mm -hmm.
3: and and yeah it was it's kind of addictive though
1: so the post that I saw was you behind your dough, and then there were th- three or four n- sort of note posts, right? You yeah, must have yes, gotten yes. into your notepad, and, in yes, your yes, notepad and on not your phone
3: for the caption alone.
1: <laughs> so you captured everything, and, and for those that haven't seen it, they need to go and read it because that's what made me reach out to you. Um, I'm curious. And here's where almost the rubber meets the road now that you're a, now you're a part of our tribe. Yes. You decided not to hide it. Yes. You decided, because let's be honest, what would you say your community that follows you, you've got 80,000 people, 90,000 people that follow you? Yeah, I don't know. About that, yeah. that, about that. Yeah. 80% non-hunters? Would that be a fair statement?
3: Probably because it's mostly it's mostly women, and you know, obviously, there just aren't as many women in this in this space. and being in food, inevitably, a lot of them are going to be maybe vegetarians, maybe vegans. I know that I have mm-hmm, people who follow mm-hmm. me who are like that and and but, you know, they must be fine with seeing meat because I post about meat all the time and I've and I've posted it's different
1: times. it's different
3: yes yes it's and I've different. posted many times this year that I was going to be pursuing this um, but I think a lot of people not a lot of people but some of the people who commented negatively said you know well the fact that you would show this picture and you're you're sitting there smiling like you know we don't need to see that it's psychotic blah 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 and I was fully aware before I posted it that, that, that some people would have that reaction. Um, Did you
1: consider not posting?
3: Did I consider not posting it? Mm -hmm. Hell no. No. Because I think one thing about me is that I, if someone tries to tell me what I can or can't do or can or can't say, I just don't deal with that very well. I don't like that whole, I don't, it seems like there's a lot of that nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just don't, I don't want to be a part of that. And I'm not going to placate people who do want to create that whole world. And, you know, I, I get that not everyone wants to see how the sausage gets made like I do. Mm -hmm. But, and I, and I, I, I wouldn't have posted all the processing pictures that I thought were really cool. Um, because those are a little bit more gory. Um, and I made sure, you know, it was a respectful picture. There was no blood showing
2: um,
3: as most people do when I see those, those pictures. But, um, I just am not willing to, to hide something that I am really proud of that I did and something that I hope, will continue to be a part of who I am. I'm not I'm not ashamed of it and I'm not going to act like I am by by hiding it and I think that I if someone wants to be there with me on this account that I want them to be there and and love it for all of it. And and even the things that maybe they don't fully agree with I I still want to be surrounded by the types of people who are open Mm -hmm. to everything. Have an
1: appreciation for it, even though you may not agree with it. You're okay. You're allowed to have a differing opinion, but appreciate it for what it is.
3: Yeah. And respect me enough Mm -hmm. to, to just kind of go, okay, well, I don't love this. That's Bambi, whatever the things that people are saying, but by by now, they should know me well enough to know that it's not me being disrespectful. That's quite the opposite. And knowing how I am in terms of the origins of my food, I, I, I hope that they could understand. And the funniest part is actually that most of the people who were commenting negatively were not vegans. I had several vegans who reached out and and commented, or you know, vegetarians, or I haven't eaten meat in twenty years, blah blah blah, and saying very very nice things. It was surprisingly women who do eat meat, eat meat. yeah, exactly. and and were furious, and this is disgusting. I'm unfollowing, and I did take a big hit. I don't actually look at my numbers purposely um, because it's just not good for me mentally. But my dad does, and. So my dad had told me, okay, so you took a massive hit and he but he was all excited. He said, but guess what? You actually gained in the in the long run. And that's great, but that's not why I did it. But I mean that's that's obviously great to hear, but I I was just I was very surprised by people who clearly post meat all over their accounts and have no problems eating it. But I was surprised that those were the people that seemed to have the biggest problem because mm-hmm. in their minds, according to what they said, there's a big difference and that their meat is okay and their meat is ethical because it was raised.
1: Well, it's guys. completely the opposite. So exactly. one, of the, one of the things that I want you to take very, very seriously, and you can follow us at Blood Origins because we'll give you the information day in and day out is that you now have an obligation. You are a part of this tribe and because, and you're, and and I don't mean to put pressure on you, but because (laughs) your community is so strong in the non-hunting space, Mm -hmm. it's almost more imperative for you to have everything baked in your brain in terms of how you respond and interact with people. Right? And so when someone says, how could you kill that animal? You should go to the grocery store and get your meat. You know the answer already, which because you're a foodie, but in terms of like how an animal can live, how an animal can die, how an animal, um, is, is cared for, is managed, you can't get something that is more free range, more ethically taken than a, an animal that is harvested through hunting. Yes. And that no, and you know exactly where the meat came from. Number one, you know what hands touched that meat yep. as well, because it's just yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the easiest argument in our from a hunting perspective. When someone eats meat, you say, and I hate to be crass about this, but it's like you are subcontracting your killing out. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing the dirty work here for myself.
3: Yeah, yeah and for me. It was, and it's, I know it's not like this for everyone, but for me, it was important to me that I that I felt not to sound cheesy, that I felt like I got to honor the deer, that I got to thank her, and not that she can hear me at that point, but um, there's a part of it's me. It's not cheesy.
1: It's not cheesy at all.
3: Yeah. Well, that's what I. So I, you know, I was just sitting there and and you know had my hands on her, and I was. Shocked by how clean she was, and how soft
1: her coat was,
3: yes, just all of that and and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's obviously white on the belly. and 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 I'm just sitting there thinking, good Lord, this animal is cleaner than my cats. it's It's crazy and and just pristine and and obviously still warm. and i I was just,
1: oh, you didn't tell me you're a crazy cat, lady.
3: I'm not a crazy cat lady, but here's the thing. oh okay. here's the thing. Uh I, I have three little boys and a husband to take care of. I cannot handle a dog on top of that. <laughs> Too high maintenance. So we you know, they were begging for pets or for a pet. Um and we just happened to fall in love with a kitten that had a sister and I could not separate them. So mm. we came home with two cats.
1: <laughs> so you know, people again. It's a phenomenal story. It's a phenomenal perception-changing narrative that we'd like to tell at Blood Origins. Um, I'm so grateful for you. I'm really grateful because the people that you can touch now and the things that you can explain now are game-changing for what is so important to me. The reason I built Blood Origins is that I have two young boys.
3: Oh, how old are they?
1: Here, the oldest just turned 10 and the youngest is eight.
2: Okay.
1: Um, obviously, I'm from South Africa. They're raised American and they have a lot of privileges that they can undertake here in this country that I couldn't in South Africa. One of which is being able to hunt, being able to hunt publicly, privately, all that.
2: You couldn't hunt there?
1: You could. It's a very expensive endeavor. It's okay. built essentially for American market, but there is no, there's not a single ounce of public ground in South Africa that you can get a license for to go hunt on. That's that's, yeah?
3: that's crazy. And
1: so the opportunity that this country has given me and now has given my boys is not lost to me. So I'm not going to, I don't want to lose that for
2: yeah.
1: them. And so peop, and that's why we do, that's why I've built that Origins the way that I've built it.
3: I love and now, that. And you've built it up nicely.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs>
3: you have a new Um, follower
1: now thank you thank you well we did get uh you got sent to me by mark williams and mark williams is a a georgia commissioner of the department of wildlife and fisheries because they had your post on there
3: oh georgia wildlife
1: on georgia wildlife and one of the commissioners like the top guy in the state
3: wow who
1: looks after the resources sent me your post
3: no big deal (laughs)
1: now, <laughs> now no, we don't want that's you getting really, a that's now. so cool so yeah so thank you katie um if there's anything i can ever do for you please don't hesitate to reach out honestly i was thinking about i think i need to take your husband hunting and take you at the same time and almost film the entire endeavor
3: i think you should and where are you you're a central time zone
1: Mississippi. I'm in, in Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay, not far. And uh, we have some great friends in Georgia. And one of the things um, – we've got some great friends in Georgia, so we've got some good opportunities to hunt. Um, you,
3: totally, I, you totally should come do that because that would be not only a hoot to see, but it would be so cool for him to, to get to sure. – Show from a from a guy, too. I think he would be more mm-hmm. open to learning from a guy than from his no, wife. No, no.
1: I'm not saying he needs to learn from you because, as you said, you're a novice. Yeah. Um, but it'd be cool for you to be there. Yeah.
2: I would
3: love as to he, see
1: that. As he does it for the first time. Um, so, yeah, count us in. Uh, we've got a lot of things to do in Georgia. There's some cool stories to do in Georgia. So um,
3: Yeah. I'm here. So, huh. yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Katie, anything on your on your heart that we may not have covered that folks hearing you for the first time?
3: Just I'm. I told my husband that you know, like I said, I I'm, I'm I consider myself a pretty open, like non judgmental person. I like to like explore all the different facets of life and and I, I I think that it's rare to find a group of people who embody that and 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 that's one of the reasons I'm so excited to join this tribe, as you call it, because every hunter I know thus far, I know that you know it's there are many different types of hunters, but everyone I know thus far, including yourself, um. Is just that type of person. They're they're just they jump right in. They want, like you said a little bit ago, they they want to help you. They they want to to welcome you into this family. They want you to learn these things because they want it, like you said, to live on into the future. And they don't want it to die off. This this skill. It's just such a primal skill that we I feel like we we should know how to do. And and I'm just, I, I feel very, very honored and very happy to, to be joining a group of people that are this cool, for lack of a better word.
1: I appreciate that. No, we're grateful for you. Um, and again, reach out if you need anything, okay? I will. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Well, that's it for today.